Can yes. you feel it, Billy? Can you feel oh, it? I, f- I feel it in the force. Feel it in the force? Can you feel, feel it the, the sudden change in perspective and opinion regarding <laughs> the prequel series? <laughs> yeah, it definitely changes. It changes a lot. Oh, dude. I remember uh, when I first saw The Phantom Menace. I loved it. Then again, I was a kid. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, I loved everything about it. The color scheme, it, it, we, it, it was made for, like, I feel for me at the time. Yep. Because That's the old movies exactly. were, like, yeah, the old movies were, like, just delving into this universe. And mm-hmm. the new prequel series, I feel, were so much aimed for my demographic, which was, like, the 10 to 15-year-old, you know, like, age range. And as oh, we yeah. go along in the series, or rather in the trilogy it gets progressively darker because it inherently is a darker story. Mm-hmm. So welcome. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. We are going into the prequel trilogies now in our ongoing Star Wars series. I'm back with Billy. Jake, MIA. I don't understand. <laughs> I keep trying to track him down. He doesn't like Star Wars that much, apparently. He doesn't like Star Wars. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, Jake is... Jake is like the Jake. I don't know if you've ever seen Inside Out, but yeah. Jake is like the angry uh, oh. emotion. <laughs> <laughs> so I know if he's hearing this, he's probably gonna have a, a yeah. head full of fire. But yeah, my love, buddy. But we miss him. We miss him, and I know he's gonna join whenever he can. But so far, it's me and Bill, which we love. We love this yeah. this series. We love this saga so much that we came back for seconds and we are indeed covering the prequel trilogies which is uh, episodes one two and three phantom menace attack of the clones and revenge of the sith uh respectively uh, so treat this as your spoiler warning if you have not seen the first three episodes of the skywalker saga please go and Listen to any one of our episodes that we've done so far. We have so many topics for you guys here, a free topic. Please, take a listen. You're always welcome. But if you don't care about that, then, again, strap yourselves in to not the Millennium Falcon this time, which is MIA, (laughs) but to that crazy Skywalker pod that he just made in his garage like Tony Stark. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. You ready, Bill? Oh, I'm always ready. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. To be honest with you, when it was announced, in hindsight, again, I was nine at this time. I believe Bill was like three. Three or two. When this came out, I yeah. was uh, two months old. <laughs> My God. Okay, yeah. he was two months old. Everybody, wow, <laughs> feels so ancient. But yes, I was nine, and Billy was two months, and I was a little I, little baby. <laughs> but honestly, like I felt so enamored with the series because uh, before that time. I would say like months before I had just watched the original trilogy for the first time and I became so enamored with it. And when they announced, hey, we're doing a prequel series and 
the young Obi Wan and uh, the young Emperor. We're gonna see how it all happened, and essentially, it's the story of Darth Vader and how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Which, I mean, hook, line, and sinker. Sign me up. I was all in. Yeah. Uh, I can't so, imagine like yeah. being that old and like. I've never lived in a world where there was no prequel. <laughs> Not really. Dude, I can't yeah, imagine no. like that excitement. That had to have been so cool. So my brother, who is 11 years older than I am, he is also a huge Star Wars fan. Huge. Yeah. And he was more excited about it than I was because at the time he was 20. When oh, yeah. They announced, when they announced it, 19, 20 years old. He was in the thick of it with the original... Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was born yeah. about three years after the original was released. Um, wow. But, you know, again, we're from South America. We're always kind of like five years behind. So <laughs> Star Wars wasn't a thing back, back then uh, for what we were, when we uh, originally are from. But when we came mm -hmm. here, you know, it was our first time seeing it as it should be, not Spanish dubbed yeah. or subtitled so we were all in and all all for it uh, it's sort of like if they said hey we are doing a prequel series to harry potter oh yeah you know it, and i don't know why they don't and again this is another topic for free topic yeah. to explore in the future tune in but it just i don't know to me at the time it was full of endless possibilities and i feel like when it did come out everybody thought well what the hell was that you know yeah. um yeah because and this is the start of what we hinted at before in the previous episode the start of a division in the star wars fandom it was the the crumbs were there when it came to return of the jedi because of the Ewoks and all of that, but for overall, the original trilogy is was the gold standard for everybody. And oh, yeah. after this movie came out, uh, everybody was just like, "What the fuck? What was that all about? What? Why was yeah. Jar Jar there? And why was Anakin so annoying? And what, what was Natalie Portman's whole role in this? It, it doesn't make sense." Uh, I feel like everybody came into it with a preconceived notion. I loved it because, again, I was a kid. Uh, but in the years as I grew up, I was rewatching them. I still, it holds up for me. Obviously, it's not going to knock at the Oscars doors because, let's face it, it's not, it's not very well acted. George Lucas kind of lost his mind a little bit towards the end. But, yeah, I don't know. It still holds up. Uh, what do you think, Bill? I mean, when, when did you first watch the prequels? Oh, man. This this is my Star Wars. I grew up watching the prequels, and then I became an Originals fan. So, like, this was it for me. Like, okay. it hit every single spot for me. <laughs> no, I loved it. I had all the toys of the prequels, not really the Originals. And then as I got older, obviously, the Originals were, like, absolutely perfect <laughs> yeah but this is like yeah this is my childhood that we're talking about <laughs> that's awesome to see that is that i think was their plan all along you know yeah. as 
the generations grow up, we get we get new generations of fans. I feel like as not just an intellectual property, but just as a as a story, right? Like as a mm-hmm. as a world of fans that is Star Wars, you were like the best case scenario. Somebody that was born oh, yeah. way after the, you know the the original trilogy got hooked on the prequel trilogy. And then you went back to see the original trilogy and just fell in love with it even more. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It, that's what, like, that's the pros and cons with these. Like, they're appeasing more to the younger audience. And that kind of makes the original audience feel left out. Or, like, they don't do everything perfect. But, like, you can't please everyone. So, no. like, yeah. you got to kind of, like, sympathize with them. Like, you can't make everyone happy. Especially the kids and the 40 year olds (laughs) exactly and thank you for saying that and i think that this is where that division really at its core that's where it comes from oh yeah we got the ogs the original of the trilogy that was there in 1976 saw it in theaters really fell in love with it managed Mm -hmm. to keep up with it all this time and then you know 15 years after the you know the final the the part Six, you know, uh, Return of the Jedi was released. They're announcing, oh, we're gonna do a prequel trilogy. Uh, again, the whole world was like, yes, sign me up. What came out of it, though, I feel again at the time we're talking 1999 to 2003 to you know, eventually 2005, but uh, it just not the best reception and unfortunate. Oh, no. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that some of the actors themselves got so much venom and hatred. And Oof. and I think what's what's important here to note is that it came out right around the birth of social media and the internet really got going. Oh, yeah. You know, internet was mm-hmm. already a thing by the time that uh, Phantom Menace came out in 1999, but... You know, by the time that Revenge of the Sith came out was, I believe, 05. I mean, we were already Mm -hmm. in MySpace. You know, we were already in the social media. Things weren't as private anymore. And unfortunately for some of these actors, especially the uh, young actor that played the young Anakin Skywalker, it led to quite a lot of bullying. Mm -hmm. And that's the unfortunate thing. And I'm on best Jar Jar Binks. Oh, my God. Exactly. And the guy that, that played Jar Jar Binks, which, again, flawed character. Not sure what he was oh, doing yeah. there, but he was... That's not his fault at not all. Fault. Yeah, unbelievable. But we don't condone that. We want to celebrate these movies. And again, not the perfect movies by any means. They do have no. their flaws. But uh, like Bill said, it's to, yeah. to him, it's his childhood. To a lot of people out there, a lot of Star Wars fans, it's their childhood as well. And for me, we look at it with rose colored glasses for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're here about. We're here to celebrate it. And we are going now into our much, much celebrated quick recap, which we will try to keep under an hour this time. We promise. Well, we'll see. (laughs) An Uh, hour per movie? Not joking. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, hopefully not. We'll see. Okay, good. I don't know. We'll Our producers will kill us, but who cares about them? So we should. We'll try. We'll it's see what happens. <laughs> All, right. All right. So the story goes as always, there is a conflict 
in the galaxy as we go into episode one uh we see a young obi-wan young obi-wan kenobi as a padawan with his mm-hmm. master qui-gon jinn played by the immaculate liam neeson who uh was the biggest name attached to this uh other than natalie portman natalie portman was up and coming she did the professional and everything which was great leon the professional yeah. is. but ewan mcgregor was just starting out making his name and you know uh the other people attached to this samuel l jackson was one of the bigger names along with the oh, yeah. uh, yeah yeah it, unbelievable unbelievable piece of casting it was great so as the story begins, we start with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi going to the planet of Naboo. And in the planet of Naboo sits uh, Princess Amidala, who is played by Natalie Portman. Now, they are there to make an investigation to the allegations that Naboo is being uh, secretly or subtly invaded by a nefarious faction called the Trade Federation. And when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan arrive in Naboo, they see that they are indeed being uh, not only invaded, but occupied by this Trade Federation. So a rescue ensues. They rescue the princess. Where have you seen this before? And, uh, <laughs> but not before bumping into a hapless, shall we call it, village idiot? Uh, we are introduced to a new race called the Gungans. And in the Gungan society at that time, there was one guy who was in exile. And we are talking, of course, about Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar. Jar My God, man. When I saw him, <laughs> I fucking, I, I loved him. I loved Jar Jar. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah, loved him also. I don't know why people hated him so much. Yeah, he was an idiot. Yeah, he was goofy. But that's essentially what he's there for. He's there for levity because, spoiler yeah. alert, we're getting to see like the downfall of this much beloved, really good guy into the most sinister being in this story, which yeah. is not a happy story. So yeah, there needs to be some levity and some some light he's, humor moments, and that's he's what definitely he's for the kids. Like he he probably ages the worst out of this movie for me. Yes. Like he gets really annoying, especially with like yeah. the the fart jokes and the. The way he talks. But... The way he talks and the whole, you know, the, the racial connotations that some people choose to <laughs> yeah. have about that, this whole, you know, writing. But yeah. he's really not in it that much, though. He's not in it that no. much. No, he's not that. That's what I'm trying to say. He's not that. But yeah, he's just there for the giggles, which aren't we all at some point in our lives? But anyway, <laughs> uh, we are then... Um, as they saved the princess and they, you know, Jar Jar comes into the story unexpectedly saving Qui-Gon's life. And because of this, or rather, Qui-Gon saves his life. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon saves Jar Jar's life. Jar Jar is now indebted to Qui-Gon, and so he owes him his life. So that's how he gets to be in the adventure, so to speak. So they leave Naboo, but the thing is that they took damage during the escape and they need to stop by a nearby planet called Tatooine which of uh, course planet no one's heard planet. on of on the outer rim 
of course, we go back to Tatooine. We go back to where it all began in the original story. And we meet a, shall we say, very precocious uh, slave. And that's, you know, again, that's the unfortunate part of Tatooine. They are owned by mafia-style gangs and uh, also employ slaves. Not really employ, but own. And Anakin was born into servitude. He is, in fact, a slave, as is his mother. Uh, however, mm-hmm. he quickly, quickly distinguishes himself as not only a mechanical genius, an engineering genius, yeah. but uh, as so adept to not only his surroundings, but reflexes. So much so oh, that yeah. his mother, when Qui-Gon asks about the, the boy's parentage, you know, who his father was, she tells him that there was no father. He just came into being. So... Mm-hmm. That trips off all kinds of red flags with um, with Qui-Gon because there is, in fact, a, within the Jedi uh, Order, a, le- uh, a prophecy of the Chosen One. I mean, where have you heard this before? It's such a played-out trope by, this, by, the, by now, but in Star Wars lore, this is the introduction of a prophecy of the Chosen One, he who is going to bring balance to the Force. And they also, they bring in, I need to ask you what you think of midichlorians. <laughs> and they, oh, yes. Okay, so the midichlorians. For those that are not in the know, the midichlorians are essential to the Force. Um, pretty much they are the Force, I would say. Um, yeah, they, they are. It's like just something kind of like blood, like your blood count or something. Like uh, a fraction that they could see how much force you have in you. <laughs> Yeah, and that it's almost as if it's like something to be quantified. Uh, yeah. You asked my opinion. I think that it was a plot device that the let's just say the younger generation of fans needed to know that this child was special. Uh, because yeah. the older the older fans, we already knew how incredibly powerful Darth Vader was. We knew, we knew that all right off the bat because of the original trilogy. But the newcomers coming into the Star Wars lore, I feel like they needed something to truly drive home. This boy is not of the norm. He is truly something out there. He's he's his own class, you know. So much yeah. so that you know when the Metaclorians come into play, you know Obi Wan had that line. It's like this Metaclorian count is higher than even you, Master. And Qui Gon Jinn is no pushover. Qui Gon Jinn is a legend at this time among yeah. my order. He is a distinguished master of the Jedi arts. Um, so much so that Yoda just let him do whatever he wants. You know that's the thing about <laughs> Qui Gon. So special about Qui Gon, and which we'll go into then a little bit later. But uh, see, I. I agree with you about that. You put it in a really good way, but I feel like if you ask anyone that's not a true Star Wars fan what midichlorians are, they won't know what you mean. And then at that point, it kind of it's only for the like big fans to know what it is. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who knows what it is feels like like it's stupid. Like I don't think they should have had that. <laughs> I agree like, with you. I don't it's like pointless. it. It's just it's kind of to me. It's like. Uh, Dragon Ball Z power level thing. It yeah. stopped mattering. Like, 
right after the first few episodes because yeah, clearly the characters in that universe were so much more powerful than mm-hmm. just a power level can describe. But I I think that it's an imperfect plot device to tell the audience that this is an extremely powerful being. Mm-hmm. Uh, At the end of the day, it's power. it's trivial. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly. It's just something that they didn't need to explain. Uh, yes, absolutely. It, it didn't age well. Yeah. And but such as it is, I mean, I I that they introduced it, and our boy Anakin is the one percentile. You know, so <laughs> this boy needs absolutely training. Qui Gon identifies this and tells Anakin, "Hey." You are indeed special. Come with us. Come with us to the Jedi Temple. Uh, come get trained. He, of course, doesn't want to leave his mother behind. But his mother knew. Knew that at some point, something was going to take him out of that desert rock planet that they were living in. Because he's just a genius. He's outshone. He's too gifted. He's yeah. too gifted. Yeah. And whatever the case may be, Qui-Gon only manages to save Anakin. Again, a, a very harrowing pod race happens that and pod race meaning like it's sort of like horse racing, sort of like ship racing. And um Anakin manages to win, therefore winning his freedom, but not able to win the uh, freedom of his mother. And here yeah, that I was think... like the deal that Qui-Gon made with Watto, where like yes. Watto wouldn't give up his mom. <laughs> Exactly. And Watto is, again, one of these skeezy slave owners that runs a tight ship. He didn't want to lose two slaves, so he was like, either the mom or the kid. And Mm -hmm. Qui-Gon immediately said, all right, the kid, you got it. And he won. So here is, I would like to kind of highlight where we find the chink in the armor in terms of the Jedi Order. Right, mm-hmm. uh, the Jedi Order, by all means, is not a perfect society. They are mm-hmm. weapons of mass destruction, sure, because of the immense power they are able to hold or and wield. But their philosophy is a flawed one. They want to be just these unambiguous, sentient beings. You are not allowed to love. You are not allowed to have children. You are not allowed to be tied down to anything but the mission. No emotion. No emotion. And to somebody like Anakin, who is the most sensitive person, you could say, in -hmm. this whole story... Got a lot of emotions. (laughs) A lot of emotions. And separating from your mother, who's the only family you've ever known. Yeah. Leaving her to be a slave. To be a slave, exactly. And That's wild. It's it's certainly not a conducive start to, you know, if I was Anik and I'm like, okay, that's great. You want me my freedom, but now you want me to leave my mom and now I, I'm not allowed to love her. I'm not allowed to love my mom. That's yeah. not such a great club to join, my guy. Like, I, I think I'll pass. You know, <laughs> like, that's the thing. But you could start seeing the little crumbs being started here so early mm-hmm. on in episode one of, of what exactly is wrong with the Jedi and what led to their inevitable downfall. Oh, wait, wait, let, I think yes. we should talk a little bit about that freaking pod racing scene. Oh, all right. That was so, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So one of the big action sequences is, of course, the pod racing sequence. 
the race that won Anakin his freedom. Now, in Tatooine, everybody has their vices. Gambling is by no means uh, a, a, a secret one. So the, we are introduced to plenty of colorful characters, but one pretty mean one, which is called Sebulba, who is this, who is this like, I, don't I know think what he was he is. supposed to be like a crime lord, but he ends up being like coming across more like a, a bumbling, uh, just a, a bully, <laughs> man. Yeah. Bumbling bully who doesn't really, who doesn't really get to bully. We only yeah. saw, we only <laughs> saw him like lose his shit at some mechanic droid. And, uh, and Jar Jar, and Jar Jar, who I mean, come on, I mean, even a baby <laughs> he needs some bullet. Jar Jar, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the pod race is one of the most exciting sequences in the whole movie because yeah, it, it, it introduced us to uh, this exciting new vehicle in the Star Wars canon, which mm-hmm. are pod racers. They're not, they don't fly out into space or anything like that. They're just what we what you would call a speed speed yeah yeah and the sound they make dude that sound design on them oh yeah amazing it's i don't know how to explain it but yeah it's awesome so pod racing in terms of a vehicle has spawned i would say not only an exciting video game i don't know if you've ever played it oh yeah i did play that pod racing yeah but it also introduced us to just what people do for fun in Star Wars. Because yeah, like in an the event. Original, yeah, in the original, all we're shown as a hobby is like this chess style game that <laughs> yeah. Chewie plays with uh R2D2. Yeah. And that's it. We don't get like really big crowd event scenes. Yeah, no, we don't get any sports. We don't get anything as far as to what this galaxy likes to do for fun. And yeah. I think that this was a great way to in- not only reintroduce Star Wars to new people, but also expand mm-hmm. the universe and expand just what people are, you know, what their vices are, what they're drawn to. And pod yeah. racing was just a fantastic way to to showcase that. Man, I've never it. heard of that way. That was a good way yeah. to put that. No, <laughs> I like that. That's Sport. That, yeah, like it, it's we don't get any sports in this galaxy. Everybody ah. just is off hacking at each other with lightsabers. And, <laughs> Yeah. Flying X wings and all that stuff. Well, something so, for the common folk. Exactly, and Good we stuff. need something to identify with this society, this these people that you know live in this galaxy far, far away. But oh, good yeah. call, man. So, back to the story. We are back with the gang, and uh, they're flying off to the main planet, like the main hub for the Republic. That's called Coruscant. And in there lies the Capitol, the Senate, you know, like this is a republic after all. So oh, yeah. uh, the Senate is resides in Coruscant. The whole planet's a city. Exactly. So think of it as the actual Rome. If this was the Roman Empire, Coruscant is Rome. Oh, yeah. uh, and there we also find the Jedi Temple, which is what Qui-Gon was trying to desperately wanting to take Anakin there so he can uh, start the trials and become like go on his way to become a Padawan. Yeah, take him over as a Padawan and Obi-Wan will become like a knight. Like a knight, like a Jedi knight. So for those that are wanting the hierarchy of the Jedi society, 
Uh, first is Jedi Master. That is the utmost rank you can get to. And yeah, there's only like Jedi 10 or 15. Knight. Yeah, and that's mainly if you have Jedi as your career, chances are very, very good that you'll never be a master. Sorry to say. <laughs> yeah, you'll die beforehand. Or exactly. You're not, not going to get that raise. You know, like you're not going to get that promotion <laughs> you want. Chances are. But you, all, you can get to be a Jedi Knight. And I think that that is where people are capped off. Uh, but from Jedi Knight, mm-hmm. you go to uh, Apprentice, which is a Padawan. And from there, you become, as I think, is recruits or initiates, something like that. But uh, that's why you need to take the, the trials. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do the trials, you get to become a Padawan. Uh, I think that as an initiate or youngling, as the... Yeah. masters call the the kids that are running around but um yeah that's that's essentially their hierarchy and qui-gon of course all under the pretext yeah yeah whatever amidala like i'll just take you to so you can put your your grievances up to the senate but i really just want to get anakin in front of the jedi council and mm-hmm. in front of the jedi council we we see again yoda a slightly younger yoda yoda but uh, an alive yoda but uh, Yoda, nonetheless, Mace Windu, who is played by the indelible, like uh, Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson. He just he doesn't have that awesome. many lines, but he's just he's awesome in this role. Yeah. And he takes the trials. Anakin, of course, fails because he just got off of being a slave. Not sure if he got any training on the way there, but of course he fails the trials because they see that he is wrecked with emotion. He is just... Oh, wait, wait. Mom, what, what's that? He never got to the trials. That was them just talking to him about uh, whether he can even take the trials. You're talking about that scene of them in the... That scene of the him like, te- they, them testing him? Yeah. Yeah, or that was, that was the guessing trials. if it's a speeder or a, or a ship or whatever. Yeah, they were just testing his, like, midichlorian count, his force, like, oh. ability. Oh, mistake all right so he didn't even get to take the trials because they saw much turmoil in him oh yeah uh again missing his mom he just left the only family he knew behind on a desert planet to be a slave mm-hmm. and he doesn't know any of these people other than qui-gon who he doesn't even know qui-gon he's only known him <laughs> yeah. for like a day you know and suddenly he's entrusting his life to this guy and mm-hmm. You know, he's missing home. He's homesick. Qui-Gon is telling him, listen, man, I'm going to get you in. Don't even worry about it. You're you're much too like a like a like a blue chip first round pick. I'll pay whatever needs to be paid for you to uh, join our team, essentially, uh, oh, yeah. because Qui-Gon sees the potential in this boy. And he firmly believes in the prophecy that Anakin is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. So. As we get to the Senate scene, Amidala pleads with the senate listen we need help we are being occupied by this trade federation that is forcing us to essentially give them what we have and there are so many political machinations in this movie or rather in this prequel trilogy a little bit too much (laughs) it's a little too much and that's the thing that i think turned a lot of people off is sort of like we didn't want to see politics come into Star Wars. Yeah. We just it's wanted, a lot of politics. We just yeah, we just wanted lightsabers and X Wings and yeah, good versus bad. bad. Good versus bad. Uh George Lucas had it a different way though. And I think it's essential. 
I think it's truly essential if you want to build out this universe, we need to see and we need to know how are these people governing themselves? What is it that the empire really began? You know, like what what did they did yeah. is was it always an empire? Was it was it did it start out as a senate? What ended up happening? And so I think that that was I think it's definitely interesting. I just don't I think they did a little too much. Like it gets confusing. Like the whole plot point with Naboo and why it's so important and like calling it the Trade Federation and like having div- different factions like where does the Sith come in? It exactly. it gets a little confusing. So at this point we know that the Sith have not been seen for thousands of years. Yeah, I know. Um, it, it has only been the Jedi. And when we meet Palpatine, he <laughs> is a senator. And everybody should know that Palpatine was indeed the evil emperor from the original trilogy. But here we see him as a entrenched senator. Not he's sure a senator of he Naboo. Was. He was a senator of Naboo. Uh, Princess Amidala is just the, the, the elected monarch, you know. But yeah. yeah, I didn't know that he was a senator of Naboo. That's crazy. But yeah, no. he, he he entrusts himself as a senator of Naboo. He we know that he has a very respectful, uh, shall we say, relationship between Amidala and himself. And mm-hmm. he just said, "Listen, I think we may need to wing it. We may need to go into an alliance with the Gungans. I we can't get the Senate to actually make up their mind here." And again, this is him manipulating the situation to show that there should only be one guy in charge. Mm-hmm. And this was his, again, his long game, as we've come to find out. But this is him right. planning this. It's beautiful. Season. It's beautifully <laughs> done when you go back and rewatch it. He's planning the it, Yeah, especially in rewatches. No, nothing. Yeah, you can give yep. them every sort of uh, evidence that you need, but they will, in the end, leave you high and dry, you need to go back. This is him talking to Amidala. You need to go back and you need to fight them off. I will do what I can here and try to see if I can sway some votes for us to actually send a force down there. But uh, why not take your Jedi? <laughs> yep. That's take what this Anakin. Hey, why not take your Jedi? I see that, that little boy there. Hey, what's going on with that? <laughs> you know? uh, maybe you could take him along. Yeah, just some seasoning. See, let him let him see what we can get from him in some action, and Amidala takes him up on it, goes back to Naboo with uh, Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Anakin, and rallies her forces. She bur- bursts her way in into her own palace, and of course, this was after she had already struck a deal with the Gungans, and this is where Jar Jar mm. comes in, comes in clutch. Comes in clutch, who's a much <laughs> much needed three uh, off the bench, and manages oh, yeah. manages to basically seal a deal with the Gungan society and uh, Queen Amidala or Princess Amidala as it is now. But uh, they manage to mount an offensive. They break into her castle because they need to uh, take hostage the leaders of the Trade Federation, who made themselves at home in the in the castle in her home, but. You know, it is what it is. But as we start seeing, though, the Sith are there. We know that Palpatine, who is the who is a a Darth, a the 
master of uh, of the of the dark side. Uh, he mm-hmm. also has a Padawan who has been essentially harassing Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi duo throughout this movie. Uh, but here is where we've truly. Uh, I know that they had their skirmish, uh, Qui Gon and 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 when they were leaving when the they were time. leaving the first yeah. time in Tatooine. But that was a little taste, and what truly sets this movie apart from the, oh, from the original dude. trilogy. <laughs> is the entire 15 minute sequence of yep. Darth Maul of hearing the Duel of the Fates, John Williams. I, I he just put him in the Hall of Fame if he's not in the Hall of Fame already. But it's so epic. The sliding doors <laughs> open yep. and reveal Darth Maul. And not only that, he turns on his lightsaber. Oh, dude. And then turns on the other side of the lightsaber. <laughs> it's a dual bladed lightsaber. The whole fucking world goes wild because yeah. we've never seen this before ever we just saw we've just seen lightsabers as a one-sided weapon we've never mm-hmm. seen it as a tool set well i gotta imagine that scene in theaters when he comes out and turns on both his lightsabers on both ends like that theater those theaters must have blown up bro <laughs> like, oh, i can't man. imagine this pre-marvel this was pre the times that that yep. cheering in the movie theater was a thing and I remember gasping. Like I've seen this yeah. in theaters. I was a nine-year-old. I gasped out loud, and Damn, I wasn't wow. the only one when I saw the dual blade uh, coming into play. So so badass! Oh, <laughs> like, it's unbelievable, and it's close to Darth Vader level. How badass Darth Maul is! Oh yeah, oh yeah. So and cool. I can't say this enough. Duel of the Fates, Obi Wan, Qui Gon versus Darth Maul. Probably one yeah. of my favorite fight scenes in all of cinema. Uh, totally agree. What's the stake? You know, and the stake is, of course, as we've come to know, it's Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't really know, again, Qui Gon is a much different cat than the rest of the Jedi. He yeah. is what we you would call woke at this point. He's like the only. <laughs> He's the only one that gets the flaws of the Jedi Order. That's the only reason why he doesn't become a Jedi Master. Yes, because that's the only thing. He's only a Jedi Knight, and a Jedi Knight is the only like the only rank that you're able to actually teach other Padawans. But the only reason he's not a Jedi Master is because he doesn't believe in the Jedi way as completely as the others. Yeah. He's seen the flaws. Yes, for good reason. He he knows how bullshit it is to ask someone to lay down their life and protect the helpless without mm-hmm. emotion coming into play. He's it's 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 impossible. So that's why this fight, this battle was so important. And unfortunately oh, yeah. Darth Darth Maul gets the better of Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon is killed. Uh, Obi-Wan is then forced to uh, take revenge, of course, of his master. He kills Darth Maul, splits him in half. Again, oh, yeah. the Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan Kenobi fight <laughs> was the most intricate lightsaber duel that we have seen so far. It's, it is such a departure yeah. from the lightsaber scenes in the original that like it's mind blowing. <laughs> Poor Mark Hamill. He only had like this, this like half a robot thing to like fight in the original. Yeah, trilogy, it's, it's cool, but like, this is yeah. brings in all the acrobatics and 
the physicalness it's it's awful yeah and this these are it's sort of like two young knights or young samurai just at at uh, mm-hmm. you know with all of the physical prowess that they both have going at it and obi-wan just edges darth maul and what slightly. is it's slightly and what is the beginning of a much storied rivalry between the two and this is the oh yeah we'll talk more about it absolutely (laughs) and such as it is qui-gon and with his dying wish essentially is train the boy don't Mm -hmm. let the other jedi tell you otherwise train the boy he's the one so obi-wan takes this to heart he goes back after uh the funeral pyre for qui-gon and tells Yoda, listen, I don't care about what you guys think about the boy being ready or not. I'm training him, and that's all there is to it. Yep, he's going to become and, a knight. And yeah, he's going to become Anakin's a knight. Gonna become a bad one. Absolutely. And that's all there is to it. I don't care what you say. Yoda, of course, seeing that the battle is lost, goes, all right, it's on you. Take him. Take him as your Padawan. And the movie ends with the Gungans and the humans, I guess, from Naboo uh, coming into a glorious parade, their alliance forever sealed. And mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful way to end because the, the colors, the imagery, the music, everything was just quintessential oh, yeah. Star Wars. And it's like, see, it's, yeah. it's so cool to see, like, especially on rewatches after seeing the second and third, like, how happy the ending is but there's so much underlying darkness that it's like it's right there and you know it's rising and it's gonna take over and yes. it's just you just gotta wait <laughs> and that's why i say ian uh mcdermott uh the actor yep. who played uh emperor palpatine he plays such a master class of duplicitous like just douchebag oh, he's awesome we know oh, yeah. yeah we know who uh, palpatine is he knows who Palpatine is. That's why he took the role so seriously. As soon as he touches down in Daboo, everybody's celebrating. You could just feel the tension. You could feel like it's Emperor Palpatine. It's the dark is yep. the, the Darth of Darts. He's the evil emperor <laughs> in disguise. And immediately he looks at Anakin and is like, Got you. Got him. No, he's got he's him essentially playing it off as like, yeah. You know, we'll we'll watch your career and much with much interest and blah blah blah. Kind of giving him kudos, which mm. by the way, is the only kudos that Anakin gets. Yeah. Watch the whole movie; it's the only positive reinforcement other than Qui Gon that Anakin gets. Everybody yeah. else is telling him you're just a slave. You're going to lose the pod race. You're not going to be able to build C-3PO. Oh, by the way, Anakin's the one that built C-3PO. Who the fuck knew? And, <laughs> uh, you know, the the Jedi Council told them, you're not enough because you there's so much turmoil going on with you. Mm-hmm. Again, every everywhere this boy turns is, you're not enough. Here comes Emperor Palpatine and goes, oh, nice job, dude. I'm keeping mm-hmm. an eye on you. We're going we're, we're gonna to make you a Jedi Knight yet. And that's why the duel of the fates is so important because if that went differently and Qui-Gon didn't die, he would have been that fa- father figure for Anakin. 
And it all would have went totally differently. Not totally the brother that Obi Wan was when and he didn't Obi-Wan need a brother. Was not ready to train somebody. He just wasn't. And that's yeah. I think that is the detail that gets lost in the saws um, mm-hmm. so much more because we all love Obi Wan. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. Alec Guinness made such an impression in the original trilogy because he had what maybe thirty minutes total in all three movies. But he left such yeah. a mark as Obi-Wan Kenobi that when we meet the younger version of him, we want to root for him. We want to love mm-hmm. him. And we end up... He's, he's powerful, but he... Yeah. Like, it's a lot to take up one of the most important Padawans of all time. And he's that Not emotional. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's just... It's a hard task for him. <laughs> yeah. It's a tall task of somebody who just got made into a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I mean, beautifully written. When you really think about it, you really dig into, you get past the Jar Jar Binks of it all. You get past yeah. the the child aspect of it all, right? Mm-hmm. But you just see that there is some really really great storytelling stuff here. Oh yeah, um, this movie has the most like lowlights and highlights. Like it goes up and down. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I think. We are going to go into our favorite scenes from this movie because, again, this movie just had a lot to bring to the table. And for time purposes, we're just going to go into our favorite scenes. And I want to get your thoughts, Bill, on one particular scene. We'll we'll crown who the hero of the movie is, so to speak, who, who won the movie. Sound good? All right. Yeah, I gotcha. All right. Scene of the movie. I'm going to throw some out lightning round style for you. I want your opinion on one particular scene bill it's the scene of anakin and amidala are you an angel (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that (laughs) oh no oh man uh of course i'm kidding but this is a uh this is the first time that anakin meets uh princess amidala and Mm -hmm. you start to already see that Again, Anakin is smitten, automatically smitten oh, yeah. by Amidala. And just think I mean, about the girls not... on Tatooine that he usually sees. And yeah, compared to uh, yeah, and Natalie Portman. Sees, like, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, Natalie Portman just comes into your shop, and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, an angel! <laughs> that's an angel!" And so that's the that's the scene I'm, I'm talking about. It's a much uh, ridiculed scene because, again, of course. It's a child actor doing his best, but he just, yeah. uh, he just, it's not the best writing, not the best writing either. But, uh, again, I'll, I'll put that scene out there. Uh, another, of course, the Qui Gon Obi Wan versus Darth Maul Duel of the Fates, the space battle above Naboo. Now, while Qui Gon and Obi Wan and Maul are duking it out, there is a very real high stakes space battle going on above that essentially turns off the for, um the shields for the trade federation's yeah. droid army and that one anakin actually unwittingly takes part in and actually wins it for mm-hmm. the force even r2 and even r2 we get our boy r2 as a <laughs> as a dynamic duo that he forms with with anakin and we already see that anakin is such an adept pilot. flyer like pilot and yeah. it runs in the family, man. It runs in the Skywalker family. We we know oh, yeah. where Luke got it from. Uh, such a precocious, uh, prodigious skill in a 
in a ship, you know. So uh, that scene, the initial Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul scene, a very, very short battle, but something that, you know, truly comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's pretty cool in the desert, too. Like, the sand, oh, you know, the colors. Yeah. And uh, the pod race scene, fantastic. fantastic. Great scene. Yeah. Uh, the sound is, design. Oh, awesome. yeah. And also want to put put in there, just sneak it in there, the the Jedi Council scene, the important like this this five minute sequence that yeah. get into not only the machinations of the Jedi, but how. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask. Sorry, yeah. what yeah, do you think about uh, who would you rather have, the puppet Yoda or CGI Yoda? Because this one it goes back and forth like with different uh. Yeah, edits of the movie. Their own. Yes. I think that the puppet Yoda just had so much more unfor- I mean, it's unbelievable, but so much more feeling to it than the CGI Yoda. Oh, yeah. I don't know how they did it. Unbelievable <laughs> stuff from the 70s, but uh, CGI Yoda to me was just like it, it was slightly the, the technology just wasn't there. Too. Of course, yes. He looks a little different. And it's, it's just you know a a a fifty year difference. That's a, that's all it is, or forty year difference, something like that. And yeah, but in Yoda years, that's like one year. That's like a year or six months. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, it, it's it's, it's weird that he looks so different. It's certainly so misleading as far as to exactly how old Yoda is. But yeah. um, like I said, puppet Yoda, uh, ten out of ten. Give it to I me. I totally agree with you, but I yeah. think. And the prequels, I think the CGI Yoda fits better. Because when they did the puppet in that first movie, he looks a little like it's off-putting to have a puppet and so much CGI <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That. I, get, I get it. I get it. I Man, listen. Either way, we all know that Yoda will throw in a wisecrack here and there. No matter what. Like, <laughs> the puppet, oh, yeah. Or CGI, and you can't do that fight in the second movie with the puppet. Yoda. No, with the puppet, no. There's no way, no. no way possible. And thankfully, by the time that that movie gets out, they increased their CGI budget oh, and yeah. flawlessly done. It was perfect. It was a great way perfect. to truly introduce a different, the warrior side of Yoda, not just oh, the, yeah. not just the hermit uh, that we've well, come to know back in. Yeah, back we'll talk in about the that more later. Yeah. <laughs> so. Give me. Uh, did I miss some? Uh, did I miss a scene? What What would you say is the scene that that won the movie? No, you definitely got the best. I mean, honestly, it's not even close. It has to be Duel of Fates. There's nothing that comes close to that. With the amount of impact and emotion and badassery with the yeah. choreography and the like physicality of that, it's so cool. I There's nothing like it. Absolutely. I. I. That's 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 what it is. It's one of the most uh, celebrated and one of the most well-known scenes in all of Star Wars oh, yeah. uh, media. And it's something that, I mean, just cannot be duplicated. Just the sheer impact of yeah, music, no. the the set design, the choreography, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it just catches the characters that we've come to know and love. And even Darth Maul sets up as a great bad guy. And oh, yeah. Again, future episodes will be dedicated to 
the Clone Wars. Don't don't you guys worry about that. Um, but it's it's unbelievable to see what lightsaber dueling can really be when you take into account the fact that they are supposed to be the best of the best in terms of soldiers. Mm-hmm. They're not really soldiers, but they are soldiers. Oh yeah, they're on the prequels for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll go ahead and go into the hero of the movie uh, coming up. All right, Bill. Hero of the movie. I'll throw some out. Let's do it. Anakin Skywalker. Well, we all know is the central figure of this movie. Mm-hmm. And Qui-Gon, who low-key becomes the biggest what-if in all of Star Wars lore. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than what if Ahsoka was actually uh, acquitted of her quote-unquote crimes? Uh, what if, you know, Fives... What if Fives actually survived? The, yeah. Um, the, yeah. Uh, again, Qui-Gon. What, what if Qui-Gon lived? What if Qui-Gon lived? Unbelievable. And Darth Maul, because it, it, the following that that guy created it's unbelievable stuff, man. I was him for Halloween a couple years as a kid. I had the That's whole bog cap on and the horns. <laughs> That's so what I'm cool. saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Unbelievable stuff from Darth Maul. Just comes in as a much, much unexpected surprise when it comes to uh, this movie. And oh, yeah. I'll throw this out there. With George Lucas. He successfully reintroduced Star Wars to a bevy of new fans and it's truly something i think that only a master director can do mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh i so, agree with that what would you say i like george lucas and he did great but i'm gonna throw a curve another curveball at you for this oh, here we i go. think it's right. the choreographers i think they're the freaking mvp man they changed the game with that stuff <laughs> without that Without that amazing fight scene and the fight scenes in the second movie and the third movie, well, even though we're not talking about them, but like it's perfect. I think that really Damn, shines dude. in this movie. What a curveball. All right. That's <laughs> something that way to, yeah, no, way to shine light where there needs to be some light shown on these people that really oh, yeah. took saber dueling to a different stratosphere. And oh, yeah. that is just beautifully done and dude what a what a great what a great plot twist i love that i love that <laughs> what's well, yours what's yours i think what i'll do is qui-gon i think he okay left su- liam neeson left such a such an impression on this he was only there for one movie i bet mm-hmm. he wishes that he was there for a lot longer but uh yeah. the way that the whole trilogy pans out right and Mm -hmm. all the subsequent ip come into play i think that we all just wish man what if qui-gon had lived what if got that father figure what if uh you know obi-wan would have even profited from qui-gon being alive you know what i mean he would have gotten more training and could have gotten more training 
even would have changed some ideology, like uh, some preconceived notions that he had about being a Jedi just by having more time with Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. So for sure. I feel like he he won the movie for me on this one. But again, the fighting like choreography, beautifully done, beautifully written, beautifully done. I I very much uh, would agree that yeah, that that's who co won the movie. I would say with a with a shine a light and again. Oh, yeah. love we love giving credit where credit is due here at Free Topic. So they changed the game, man. Oh yeah, dude. And it came at a time where you needed to inject some life into a into a franchise that needed it, you know? Totally. Yeah. And that's I think what uh the movies that come after, uh Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I feel like it just benefited of what worked right in this movie. So many things worked right. Uh, a lot of people love to highlight what didn't go right and just throw this movie out to be shitty. And that's, yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. But we will treat this as a part one. And we're definitely going to delve deeper into Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Bill, it's always oh, yeah. a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure having you, you man. The, on the podcast thank you so much for joining um, of course i i will always be here to talk about star wars love it <laughs> love every second of it and i just want to tease this out there both me and bill really big game of thrones fans oh yeah <laughs> that out there. i'll leave that there for the for the people listening it's coming it's, it's coming bro yeah it's coming oh yeah <laughs> but again thanks bill and uh course, man. definitely a lot more coming up uh, we'll treat this as a part one. Thank you all so much for, for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you later. Billy, you got to tell me. Did you ever do a Jar Jar Banks impression when you were a kid? Oh, God. Ember I don't think I can. Ember tells me you do a killer Kermit impression, but not. I wanted to know. Did you ever do? A, I can't uh, even think of his voice right now for some reason. <laughs> I don't think you can. That's too embarrassing. <laughs> I can't get the Jar Jar treatment, dude. You're trying to give that to me? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, dude. I'm just saying, like, uh, the whole Misa thing. Misa wanted. No, I can't even do it. I can't even do it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's too bad. <laughs>